Welcome to Point Your Toes, the adventures of an NYC dance teacher. I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. And I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We will be sharing our experiences and all the ridiculous and hilarious truths. With that being said, let's get into today's topic. Concert dance, or choreographing for concert dance. So this is the continuation of the conversation that we started in a previous episode about choreographing for musicals. And we want to talk about the specifics of choreographing for concert dance. Um, it's totally different from musicals. Like mm -hmm. there's, not, there's not a lot of similarities I, that I think of off the bat anyway when I think of concert dance. Um, simply because like concert dance it's always going to be a lot more technical mm -hmm. um, because people, one, people are going specifically to see dance and dancers go to see concert dance. And so the people that are in the shows are that that's their only discipline a lot of the time or it's their primary discipline. So a lot of like your major ballet companies that this is all concert dance or your major modern or jazz companies, they all fall under concert dance. And so the technical skills required for a concert dance are often depending on the musical, but generally speaking, are higher than yeah. higher than it comes to and the they're musical. Yeah, they're higher weighted because um, there's just ways in musicals to maneuver choreography to look more mm -hmm. challenging than it is. Um, or, you know, you have tracks where they really have to sing, so the choreography just works differently. And yeah. then, honestly, there are dancers who just are not good or trained in concert dance. Um, Very I true. mean, I think that I, you know, in college, obviously it was all concert dance, but I think that I'm a better dancer for musicals. Um, I think that, I think that, um, and I think I'm a better choreographer for them in general. Um, because for me, a lot of it is like, I love being able to enhance the story and tell the story. Um, and you know, help to push that along. But then there's things about concert dance I love. I love if it's up to me getting to really express my ideas mm, and my themes. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of hard stuff that comes with that. Um, but yeah, I think what you said is true. Like, I think a lot of people who see concert dance, they're paying to go see a show where they're, they want to see these really amazingly talented dancers. And so you have to pick technique over anything else. Yeah. And so I guess the first place I would start really would be technique. So concert dance are typically, like rarely is someone that's doing a concert dance not technically trained. Mm. Like it's just not, it's not a sustainable thing simply because most, especially, I mean, in particular with ballet, but modern kind of follows the same suit. They will have 16 shows in a week's time, mm -hmm. but they won't have, they will have numerous casts. So, like, one cast will not go on twice in one day. Yeah, so it'll be, like, you know, a company might have, like, oh, a pretty well-known company might have, like, 50 members, but the piece only has 10 people in it. Yeah. And so you've rotating casts of it. Or it would just be, like, okay, in this people, in this piece, excuse me, it's these 10 people, and then in the next piece, it's these other 10 people, yeah. and you don't do both pieces. Um, and when you have 
really skilled technical dancers and an array of them, you're able to have all of these different pieces and people able to do different things because you don't have to just depend on one or two people who are great in all of it. Oh yeah, and that's something as simple as like, I know a couple modern companies that I've choreographed for, like there's one group, like there's like this one couple that they actually were a couple, but they always partnered together. They mm -hmm. partnered together for years. So there were just like certain partnering things that like, they didn't have to explain to each other, you know? Um, and we've talked about this on the partnering episode. When you're partnering with someone for a very long time, like there's just little nuances of just how to grab your partner that mm -hmm. you don't, like they don't have to think about with each other or they don't have to verbalize. Um, and so they would always take the partnering section. And so I had a bigger partnering section not realizing that it was only those two that really had partnered a lot. So like everyone else was like learning how to partner while these two were like flying mm -hmm. through it just cause they'd done it, you know? So, but then she was like, yeah, we always have them partners through their specials at it, you know? And then there was one girl in the company who still did point. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't do it. The other choreographer that was doing pieces for that night, he used her in point, but she was like, yeah, I'm the only company member that still takes point class because everyone else is like, our feet are done. We're not doing point yep. ever again. Same. So it's one of those things of like, depending on what your forte is, there is a place for you within whatever mm -hmm. company that you're doing. And concert dance just gives, allows the choreographers to bring that out. Yeah, because there's also a difference too between... Um the lifestyle of dancing for musical theater and dancing for a company. Dancing for a musical theater is really intense. It's always really intense. It's something I think is such a hard job, so I'm not trying to downgrade it at all, especially oh, someone who likes to choreograph for musicals more so than concert. But it's really, really intense for usually about, you know, four to eight weeks tops or less, mm -hmm. depending on the show. And then you go into shows where you have to be on your A game and you're doing eight shows a week if it's Broadway or a national tour, which is insane. But your job is to show up if it's Broadway, if the curtain calls, if the curtain is at eight, your job is to show up at your theater, which is your place of work at 730. Yep. And then once that show is over, you get to Bye. leave right away. So you're working maybe three and a half hours. Um, again, these are extremely taxing jobs. I'm not trying to say that it's not and they don't yeah, deserve like, their money or anything. Clear. The bar is still high with eight shows a week. Yeah. However, you with, have the benefit of, I mean, especially if you're making it, if you're on a Broadway contract, you may not need to work or have to work or do, you may not have to do anything prior to your show. Yeah. If you're able, right, if you're on a Broadway contract, you don't need a, you don't need a part-time job. So you can relax during the day. If you're on a smaller regional gig, um, maybe you need a job, but like, let's be clear, like contracts are, a professional contract is a lot of money per week. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Yes. And so or it should be if you, yeah, if you were in like something like a Lord D and they're only paying you like 400 a week, then yeah, maybe you need a job during the day. Right. But you also can go have that job during the day. Yes. A dance company, you do not get, I mean, ballet is a little bit different because big ballet companies do pay a ton of money, but you're not getting paid as much and you don't have the ability to have another job or just take the day off before you go to work because no. a normal company schedule 
is you come in at whatever time you're supposed to come in, probably maybe 10, 11, maybe nine, take a two to three hour company class. Yeah, you have company Have, you know, like have a stretching class after, take lunch, and then have afternoon rehearsal for like four or five hours, and then you would either go home or you would have a performance, depending on if it's show season. Right. So my point is like, the lifestyles are so different because being a company member, it is all consuming, it is all you do. Yep. And more times than not, you are not getting paid the same as someone who is on Broadway, which is still all consuming, but it is different. And literally uh, two new friends that I recently made working on a project, which hopefully one of them will be able to snack to get on the show, um, Kat, she talked about it. She was like one of the reasons that she kind of pulled away from um, concert dance. She's like, because you're just, she's like, you're not, you're killing your body and you're not making six figures and you're away mm -hmm. from your family. Cause a lot of, a lot of concert dance makes its money from donors and things like that, but they make their money touring. Yes. Um, and so, uh, you have, you have to tour Yeah. and they're, everyone loves it and things like that. Cause I know there are plenty of like dance, like every, um, Every year for my mom's birthday, I always get her tickets to Alvin Ailey because they're always in Atlanta right. for, in, in February. They right. always are. Like, they are, they're there for Valentine's Day every year, and then my mom's birthday is also near that. So I always get her tickets for her birthday. So, like, it's always one of those things of, like, like it's just accustomed to it, but, like, also thinking, like, that those company members are never home for mm -hmm. February, you know? So right. that's their mother's birthday. They're never there yeah. for it, you know? And besides, like... Besides major ballet companies, I'm trying to think, there might be a couple of like major, um, well, there are like, there are major modern and jazz companies that have home bases, mm -hmm. but they still spend the majority of their year touring. Yes. Um, and especially if it's a smaller company, you are still being required to take classes and be at rehearsals, but you're not nearly making as much money as anyone else mm. and you're probably touring 90% of the year yes. and that's mm. the hard tour I mean touring I'm sure we've got two or three episodes well uh have we done a touring episode we've talked know. about it in we've terms of like about other stuff other stuff but I don't think we've just done like touring touring per se um, but it's one of those things where I don't believe we have, because I know we've talked about long gigs, but I don't mm -hmm. think we've really talked about touring. But like tour, traveling, so I, to, to anyone I would say, take traveling and then take work and combine it all together where your travel is work and then you still have to be on when you mm -hmm. get done traveling. So that's the crazy part about being on tour is that several hours after getting off of a bus, train, plane or whatever, you have to be in full makeup, full costume, ready, giving the same energy that you gave, you know, yeah. eight hours ago when you were in a whole nother city, a whole nother state, a whole yeah. nother country. Um, concert dance does a lot of touring, and I think yep. that's also what pulls away. That's also uh, why I think you have to be so technically sound, because the one thing I can say that I've heard say numerous times is like, when you're tired, you have to rely on your technique. Mm-hmm. Technique is what gets you through the hard days, and technique is what gets you through the days when you're in, when you're hurt, you're tired. Yep, to definitely. To not get injured, or when you aren't injured, technique is what holds you up. And so to take, I just could not imagine going on tour, taking someone that just doesn't have the technical skills to push through or know when not to push through mm -hmm. on a long on a long weekend. You know, because it's one of those things of like, I had a friend where he was literally like announced as a principal 
for like two show for like both matinees and so he's like okay so that means i'm not going out to party this weekend for everyone like it was somebody's birthday in the company and everyone was like oh we're gonna go out he goes no i have to be ready to like go at two o'clock like my Mm -hmm. body cannot handle it Mm -hmm. and that is why i would say the wear and tear on concert dance can be harder on the body than musicals. Yes. And I say this with a grain of, I don't want to say a grain of salt, but like I say this with caution because it's not, musicals also have their wear and tear. But I think it's one of those things of like with concert dance, there are rarely understudies that can cover extra. Not understudies, what am I trying to say? It's one of those things of like, if a dancer goes down on a concert tour, that dancer's down for a very long time. It's not like they can take a day or two off and hopefully hop back in. Typically, the injuries on concert dance are like long-term injuries where someone has to be pulled off tour. Yeah. And that is why it's a lot. It's very, you have to take care of your body. You have to recover. And you're constantly in class on top of doing shows. It's just a completely different lifestyle than dancing for musical theater. Oh, yeah. Completely. Um, And as far as choreographing for it, I think... Like, the things I get away with choreographing for a concert dance, I would just never try in a musical because people have to sing. Yeah. Like, that's first and foremost. Like, and co- like there's just certain, like, backflips and turns and leaps that it's just, like, this is not possible because every- in a musical because everyone has yeah. to sing. So you're just not going to be able to get away with that kind of stuff. So I <laughs> haven't done a lot of choreographing for concert dance. I haven't done a lot of concert dance. I did the majority of my concert dance in college which was all we did was concert dance. Yeah. It was my That's first, um, I, I went to the ballet. I saw New York City Ballet a lot growing up, actually. Um, but that was really the only um, concert dance I saw growing up. I didn't, I didn't see, you know, a modern company or a jazz company. Um, I, I didn't really understand or even appreciate or even like modern when I was younger. Um, so I wouldn't go see a show, but, um, I don't think I ever saw a modern company until college. Yeah. I didn't see one until college. And then in college, um, you know, it's, it's all you do. A a degree in dance is based in concert dance, you know, even, even in a choreography track and everything. And so I obviously learned how to choreograph for concert dance. I learned what it entailed. Um, and it took me a while there are things I like about it. I like that if it's a brand new concept, you really get to conceive it and you get to mm-hmm. see everything you've put into it come out in other people's bodies and how it can live. I think that that is really awesome when it's your own personal work. But being able to get to the point to create that work takes a lot of effort, a lot of time, and there's usually not a lot of payoff. Um, and then being in concert dance... I liked performing in musicals better um, in general. I think I got to dance more, I'll say, with air quotes, Mm -hmm. during concert dance. Um, But I found that a lot of concert dance, when you, themes of of what is happening, like themes of the dance, storylines, motifs, they're all very vague. In, con- in the concert world, which is kind of how they are meant to be so that you can also, a lot of concert dance companies like 
like for you to develop, yeah, interpret it the way that you want to interpret it. Um, there are some, I will say there are definitely like some Martha Graham pieces that the story is very clear. They're based on Greek mythology, but yep. that's a small pocket of what she did too. Um, so their ideas and concepts are more vague in concert dance. They're not like, this is the story. This is how we feel. And it's sometimes hard to pull that out of dancers or for you to pull it out yourself. Um, See, I love that though. Yeah. Because I, I'm thinking back to like one of the, the senior, uh, one of the senior concerts in my, um, my, uh, it wasn't my senior, I don't think. But I just remember this one concert where like we had one piece was about the cochlear implant, which is like a hearing yeah. implant. And like, it's yeah. whole thing about like losing your hearing and that like the, the entire deaf community could be eradicated because of this new implant that would allow people to hear and it kind of, you know, like, so that like, it was this whole really cool, interesting piece that like played with sound, you know, on top of this dance piece. So it was really cool and interesting. Then we had another piece that was based off like a children's book. And I was like, never yeah. would have gotten that until she told me. And then one, there was another one based off like taking medications and how does that affect the people? And so like, I, a lot of the, those cons, like the cochlear one totally got right away. I didn't like, I didn't know the word cochlear. Well, the dance is called cochlear. And I was like, I don't know what that is. But like that concept made sense watching it. But the one about medication, like there was even a couple dance moves that until she told me that like they're holding a pill. That's why they, like, I remember like they made a certain hammer. They're holding a pill. Can't you see it? And I go, oh no, well, now I see it. And so it's just like, I, for me, I like not knowing and like the, the discussions afterwards or like seeing it in the different kinds of interpretations. See, I think that that's my, kind of my issue though with it is yeah. I think that when you're able to get a choreographer and a group of dancers and a piece that um, you can understand the concept and you can, you yes, can see it within the dance, I think that that's really cool because you can still interpret it for yourself. But when I see like, oh, this whole, this whole dance is about, um, you know, dealing with different medications and side effects and, and what that means. I think if I'm able to see the dancers portray that and within the choreography choices, I'm like that, that is so brilliant because there's a lot you can do with movement that you can't yes. do with vocals yes. and you can't do with acting. And that's when I think that it's so beautiful and when concert dance is so powerful. But on the flip side, when there are pieces that even when I read the synopsis, back after watching it, I sure. still don't see it. That's when I'm like, I don't know if that's a fault on me as the audience member with this specific piece and company. Mm. I don't know if that's a fault on the dancers or the choreography for not making it clear, but I just think that it's hard sometimes with, da with concert yeah. dance. Um, and also, and you have to be very, I think that there are so many cool things you could do, but you do have to be clear. Oh yeah, and they're also, like I said, and I think that's also just like, with me and Danielle both have gone, having gone to college and studying dance like that, you'll find that like certain choreographers go through certain phases where they just picked a random concept and they were kind of obsessed with it. Yeah, definitely. So, like, I think we both saw Paul Taylor. We saw the Paul Taylor company, but I don't believe he set, this was one of his pieces that he set, but there was like this whole bug piece. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it was like all about like, it wasn't like about bugs mating, but it was just like the, about the life cycle of like bugs and things like that. And it was, it was really entertaining for yeah. the students that we brought. So they really liked that piece, but it was also just like, 
literally it's like this choreographer sat down and looked at like a grasshopper and created this whole piece. Yeah. What were you doing? Where like you were just yeah. I just I like, this, I like I like I am I, I I'm all about like the really cool abstract ideas or or taking something that you wouldn't usually think about and making it into a dance piece. But I like being able as an audience member to know what that is. And so I can have a reaction and I can have a feeling and an opinion mm -hmm. about what I'm watching. If I can't have a feeling or an opinion about what I'm watching because I have no idea what I just watched, then I feel like the job wasn't done. And also, it's, I will say music plays a large part in that too. Because oh, definitely. Because concert dance, typically it is new, it is new music or music arranged for, specifically for that piece. And the minute like the, the, the minute they use familiar music or music that someone else has associated with something else, it starts invoking feelings that like don't match up. Mm -hmm. Like, this is probably a terrible reference, but I remember watching the play version of Titanic, Titanic, and they kept using the music from the movie Titanic, like the Celine Dion song. Yeah. And anybody that's ever seen the play or the musical Titanic know that they are nothing like the book. Yeah. That they both, like the movie came well after the movie, both the play and the musical were written. Cause like the play and the musical are about three, are about essentially like three different couples in the three different cat, the three different classes that are on the boat. Right. And it's more about just like their experience on the boat yes. within that final time. Yep. Those, like, so that's play. So we're watching this play that has nothing to do with Jack in, in the water and Celine Dion, but every transition or every time that they needed music in the play, they kept playing Celine mm. Dion song. And so everyone's like, you're trying to invoke feelings for us that don't match up with what I'm seeing. And so concert dance, I've had that happen before where they kept playing, what concert piece? Like, I don't, it's like some popular song off the radio but it's like this had it it just kept detaching me from what the dances that I was seeing because I was so lost in the music that I'm used to hearing and the dances that were specific to that music. So it just I think you're very right. With concert dance, if you are not careful, it can be too abstract or it can be too separate from what you're trying to convey. And that's when things get really, really scary. Yes. Yeah. I think that, yeah. Um, I will say that when you're choreographing for the, a huge difference between choreographing for musicals and for concert dance is that concert dance, you're, the choreographer is in charge. Yeah. So you don't have to answer to that. Like people are answering to you. And I think that makes a huge difference as to also why I think the choreography can be harder or more technically difficult. I won't say harder, but technically difficult simply because you are the person in charge of how good or bad any of the above is. Um, because like costume, like we talked about before, when you're doing a musical, the director may decide that may make a decision for the betterment of the story, but you, the choreographer, completely disagrees. Mm -hmm. When the, the, in concert dance, the choreographer makes that choice. Mm -hmm. Or it may be 10 different choreographers for the whole night because each of them have a different piece, you yep. know? Or, you know, or your one movement is 20 minutes long. So, you know, you're responsible for a 20 minute dance, you know? Yep. So I think it's very, it's very different in the sense of you kind of have to drive the story yourself if you cho so choose. And also the length. I kind of mentioned it by accident, but like concert dance pieces are long. Yes. And that's long. also really hard too for, um, 
I feel like sometimes I've seen this happen a lot when I've gone to the ballet and other concert dance pieces where it usually ends up being like a grandparent wants to take their grandchild to like Oof. the theater and they'll be like, oh, we'll go to the ballet or we'll go to a concert dance. Like this is something I've heard of. It sounds good. And literally, unless the ballet is not is like not Sleeping Beauty or the Nutcracker, these kids do not want to see that unless yeah. they are at least you know, 11, 12 years old at least, and they've been actively studying dance since even, they were two. Even then, and even then, it's gonna be hard, hard for them remember, to sit through that. I remember the first time I saw Paquita in the 11th grade, summer of 11th grade, summer, summer before senior year, so I just finished my junior year, yeah. Seeing Paquita, and I loved the parts that I was awake for. Right. But it was it was just it was too long for me to handle, and I was a lo like a lover of dance, and I was in high school, so taking taking the younger ones. I mean, I even still now I'm like I love going to the ballet, but let's be clear, I love going to like like Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella and um, Coppelia and the Nutcracker, yeah. ones with stories. I yes, love, you know, sure. maybe part of that too is like I grew up doing ballet and you know, blah, 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 blah. But, but even with concert dance, I love going when the piece is like, again, like I said before, like have a very clear, like, ooh, this is what this is about. That's so interesting. Mm -hmm. And I can develop my opinion and my feelings and have it evoke something as I'm watching it. Um, it's hard to see concert dance. It's hard to be in, to be in a concert. I even remember in college when I did my, BFA thesis, um, it was um, probably like an hour and a half show or something. I think it was like four of us were in, were doing one show. So mm -hmm. four BFA students, four choreographers, and each of our pieces were about um, 15 to 20 minutes. And then there was an intermission. So probably like close to two hours, right? I think mm -hmm. they were about like 20 minute pieces. And I remember my parents came to see it. And after I was like, what did you think? And they were like, oh, you had these beautiful dancers. Like, that's really cool. And they're like, you know, we read the blurb about what it's about. My parents were like, but we didn't really like, like get it. And it's hard because like, you know, going through tons and tons of like, readings and having my having my professors watch it and changing uh -huh. things like I feel like overall my my concept was pretty clear in terms of that like people could still develop their own opinions but it was very clear as to what it was about it was about you know a power struggle and deconstruction deconstructing human relationships and what that means but to someone like my parents who mm -hmm. just grew up you know, or not grew up, but like when they were older doing, you know, seeing musical theater and being involved in that between, you know, me and my, my siblings, they were like, I don't, like, I didn't really necessarily like get it. And then with some of the other pieces, they were like, I really didn't get it. Oh no, I told, well, my family, they're all musical people. Like yeah. music theater, they're fine with anything else. Like I do, I know that like my mom saw ballets when she was younger. Cause we always saw the Nutcracker cause of my aunt. Yep. Um, she would go see the Nutcracker almost every year. So like, I, she was like, yeah, we would go, you know, see the bat to the ballet and stuff like that. But she was like, it's just not like, they're not they're They, like I said, they've become concert dance people because I've talked, like I said, which is why she ended up going, my mom loves going to see Alvin Ailey now. Um, but it was a while where she was just like, meh, but literally it's like her and her friend always go for her birthday. So like now it's become a thing. Cause I yeah. kind of like, 
talked about my experiences working with that um, within that company, so that they were like, yeah, absolutely, we'll go. And so, and I also know that like it's a Valentine's Day concert, so I know right. it's geared towards like it is a theme. Right. It is a theme, and there is right. a story. So I'm sure that's also it's like hooking them in as well. Um, yeah. So it's it's just different. It's a different muscle to choreograph a 20 minute piece. Like that's also mm-hmm. just like. like Mm-hmm. You have your. I always go. Are my things clear? Am I repeating too much? Right. Does it make you sense really, to, re- to repeat this? Right. You or really are, don't want to repeat. Like, Does it? Am I still conveying the theme or the story or the idea that I set out to convey? Mm-hmm. Um, am I introducing a new theme entirely too late into the piece? Right. If so, what does that mean? Am like, I, a lot of... Am I developing new choreography? What does new movement look like? Yep. Um, I remember in college having that conversation with a professor, and I, one of them came to watch one of my rehearsals, and after was like, I really, you know, Danielle, like, feedback. Like, I like X, Y, and Z. You need to change X, Y, and Z. And I remember one of my feedback was, you need to develop your own sense of movement. You're repeating a lot of the same stuff over and it's looking very, um, I learned this in class, so I'm gonna do this. And I remember them being like, you need to create your own movement, a series of moves that string together to make a movement phrase. And I was like, what the fuck? And I knew what it meant, but it was hard. Oh yeah. It's really oh, yeah. hard to think of like, let me try to think of something that I know nobody else is doing right now. And I think that you don't necessarily get that as much outside of concert dance, because in concert mm-hmm. dance, it has to be, unless you're recreating a piece, it has to be all original. And what does that look like? And also, yeah, because it's definitely, I, I also just think, like, it's a certain skill. Like, it's one of those, because I just think of certain concert pieces, and I go, they stand out to me. They're amazing. You know, like, there's one, um, Tessandra Chavez, who just won a Creative Emmy for World of Dance. Her and, oh, what are they called? Her dance crew. They didn't win World of Dance, although they should have. But um, she 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 just is exceptionally good at conceptualizing dance. Like mm-hmm. it's just her vision is very clear, and it's always so well conveyed on her or you know through her choreography. Yeah. You know, so I just I re- sincerely do think that it is a skill to choreograph to choreograph for concert dance to be able to see things in a, in a different light to yeah. see bodies move in a certain way and just understand that that's how you do it to tell a, to tell a story. And not everyone who choreographs for um, theater or TV or cruise ships totally um, totally. is going to be able to choreograph for concert dance and the same as a person who choreographs for concert dance might not be able to do you know, the other things. And as we continue on with this theme of like kind of dissecting, choreographing for different yeah, genres every, every choreographing week. Choreographing for television, um, for film and television will probably be our next one. It's so, it is so not the same. No, it, it is, is not, not at all. concert dance. And, um, and it just, um, and that's okay. But it's, I definitely agree. I think that people who are able to choreograph for a concert dance and make it a career, um, it takes a lot. It does, because I would it even say... It takes, like, a different brain. So one of the things that, like, I learned in college when we were talking about stage management, but it's true for con- a lot of concert dance, is that you can stage manage or call a concert dance down to the second. Like, yes. a lot of people call it via stopwatch. Yep. 
I would love to say you could do that with a musical, but I would be lying. Most musicals you cannot call via a stopwatch because an actor will take, like, and it, even in the dance break, the dance break may get slightly faster because the musicians are more into it. Or right. the dancers are taking it a hair faster. So the orchestra catches up, you know, the, the right. band catches up with the, with the dancers. It is so give and take in a musical that does not happen at all in concert. Like concert dance, if it is meant to be a tour de tape at 47 seconds, it will be a tour de tape at 47 mm-hmm. seconds every single time. And if there isn't, it's a huge problem. Mm-hmm. And in musicals, it might be 45. You'll get it, it you'll get a note, you might get a note about it, but we move on. Yeah, right, you know, it's one of those things like, it'll be the same-ish, but like, it's also, like I said, I've seen it be like on the road, like choreography has to change on the road in a musical because yes. different, you know, different theater, different, different style, theater, yep. different style, or the, um, the third understudy is on for tonight versus right. in concert dance, it's never an understudy. It's a principle. Like it, it's like kind of like Danielle said. Mm. So if the lead is, if we're in Cinderella, let's say in the morning it's Danielle, in the afternoon it's Amber. Yep. Both Amber and Danielle are principals within the company. Yeah. So it's still going to it's be of a certain u- quality. Exactly. There's usually like principals and there'll be like every, the, say there, there might be like five principals that are doing the same track, not because they're understudies, they will each have their own mm-hmm. set of performances. Yes. And so yeah, if anything were to happen, somebody else could jump right in because they do it the, ex- not they do it the exact same way, but it's at the exact same caliber and they've learned it exactly the same way. Yes. And I, that brought up another good point of like rehearsing like that is a whole nother brain. Mm-hmm. Because I've been in a rehearsal where we've ran it one time and there was like cool cast two go on now and i was like oh yeah, yeah. i need to give them the exact same direction i just gave cast one or this is going to be or you'll also have you'll also say you know if if the ensemble or the core is doing all of the performances this happens yeah. a lot in ballet but the principals are not um you'll have all of you'll have the core you know you'll have the core rehearsing and you'll have all of the principals rehearsing with the core at once doing the same role yep so you'll have five women or five men doing the exact same thing at the same time in a rehearsal and, and your that's, brain is a billion yeah. places, and that's why you, assistants are important because yeah. assistants are like, I'm watching this cast, you're watching this cast. And, and that's why you'll also there. find, so you'll also find like in the theater world, in the musical theater world, you usually have an assistant director and an assistant choreographer or associate, or you'll have an associate and an assistant depending on how big the production yeah. is and how prestigious the production is. Because there are even some Broadway shows where it's just assistant and regular or associate and regular, and then there are some that have all three. But yeah. in the dance concert world, you have people whose roles are rehearsal assistants. <laughs> that is their title. That's very true. That is Surely their role. a concert dance thing. And you go into a rehearsal and you know the number and you are able to help fix the bodies, take notes. If the director, if the choreographer is over there watching one cast, you're over there, or the choreographer is like, excuse me. <laughs> Oh, excuse yeah. me. The choreographer's like, I'm gonna watch the principals, you watch the core, but it is only in the concert dance world where rehearsal assistants um, exist. Oh yeah, because it's one of those things of like, in the music theater world, the choreographer is there 
until opening <laughs> night. Yes. And then it is passed off to the dance captain to leave yep. notes and to take notes and make sure the show stays the same. And periodically the choreographer will drop in. in yeah. And they'll you know, do or if they have notes. like an understudy rehearsal or brush ups. Yeah. They, they'll pop in and see like, you know, because I know choreographers all the time and being like, a show that's on tour, they're using my choreo, I need to go check and make sure, you know. Right. Check on them. In the concert world, the choreographer is gone off to do whatever. And once, once the choreographer sets the piece, even if that piece is still in rehearsal, they're off doing another piece, and oh, the yeah. rehearsal assistants are Part running. Yep. And they'll go back to the choreographer with the notes, and then the choreographer will show up for the final like rehearsals. Yes. And like that's that's it. Like there's no. It's literally. Yeah, I think you're right. Like. I, a rehearsal assistant only exists in the concert world. Yeah, because there are no rehearsal assistants in like TV and film, and I don't think there are rehearsal assistants for like a cruise ship type. Sitch. Yeah, it would just, they just be, have dance captains. It would just be the dance captain. Yeah. Because and then I would say the difference is like a rehearsal assistant is not in the piece. No, they're not in the yeah. pieces. Their Let's job also is clear. rehearsal right. assistant. But they are not the assistant choreographer. No. There are still, there is still someone else who will be the assistant choreographer, but the mm. assistant choreographer's role is to go with the choreographer once they're off good doing a new piece. A rehearsal assistant is someone who stays in that room. Yeah. Yeah. Because like a rehearsal assistant is typically company based. Yes. Versus the assistant choreographer moves with the choreographer and like they might be one, guests where they come yeah. in and they they do a piece, um, you know, and yet the rehearsal assistants are like, it doesn't matter who comes in. I work for this company. Yep. Yeah. So that being said, that brings us right along to our tip of the week. So I think for me, my tip of the week would definitely be to understand that not everyone speaks the same dance language. Mm. Um, school is back in New York City, so mm -hmm. I'm back in, I'm back to teaching classes and like I've already bumped heads with like two choreographers that are very they come funny enough, they come from the concert dance world. And so trying to explain to them that educational dance and concert dance are side by side, but mm -hmm. they are not the same. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult because, like, I'm and we we do teach vocabulary to our students. Yes. But I know in a very short duration that if I'm just like go over there, they're gonna go over there where I point. Mm -hmm. And I in in the technical, you know, if I was in a professional setting, I would be like go stage right. Mm -hmm. You know, but in the midst of needing to get something done very quickly, if I know these kids don't know the vocabulary like the back of their hand, I'm just gonna be like, you, move there, or move right. to numbers, I'll use numbers, honestly. I'll use like, go there, or I'll use the numbers, because they know to stand at three. That makes more sense to them, because they can physically see the three sitting on the step, uh, you know, taped on the ground. Right. But we just had a situation last week where literally, she kept yelling at the students about like, about their, it was stage placement, and they were like, this was a group that like they don't know stage left stage right that well and they got confused because she she was sitting in the audience and then she came on stage and as you know when you're looking at the stage it switches mm -hmm. but they were trying to keep up with her but they got lost and confused and these were kids that just came late to the you know to learning the arts and so they were just so confused and literally when me and one of the other older teachers that had been with this program for a while kind of stepped in 
we just use layman terms like go here go there stand on the right stand on the, like we didn't use stage anything right and she was like we need to talk to them in a more professional you know and the pro and we're like yes we want them to do better but we also just need to stage this for pictures like right now so right. like why are we wasting time this could have been done you know like our boss had to pull us out of our classes because you weren't getting this done like understand everyone don't speak the same language and i say and most of these kids are in the hip-hop program right so they like they yes hip-hop needs no stage right stage left but it's something they need more time to learn because that's not their primary right. it's not taught right away to them it's mm -hmm. not that and it is important but it's not always a priority when you're first starting hip-hop so i was just like give them a break like you're kind of being a butt for nothing so yeah that would be my tip learn that everyone may have the same intention but not be speaking the same language mm-hmm what about you? What um, I think my tip is with the same thing with going back to, to work and the kids being back um, is that remember how young they are, especially with the young ones. Um, I've been lucky enough that in this job I haven't had this comment yet, but I have had this comment in the past. Um, and I also have to just remind myself that like the young ones, the kindergartners and the first graders and even the second graders in the beginning of the year sometimes like they are very young and their bodies cannot do a lot, especially young kindergartners. Mm -hmm. They actually cannot do a lot. They actually don't understand spatial awareness. And to give, to give yourself a break yeah. and them a great break and to like really um, celebrate the little things, celebrating seeing like that they can, you know, it's been two weeks and they can do their warm up on their own now. And no, it might not look perfect. And no, technically it's not correct quote unquote but they know what they're doing and they know the directions to move in and they know like okay on this part i lunge and on this part i jump um so just celebrate those moments because i know there's a lot of teachers out there who listen to us and i have to remind myself of that okay. as well because going the right direction some days is a, is a wonder because yes yes it is this morning as i was choreographing i promise you I, because I'm looking at my kids, so I'm telling to the, it, it to them backwards for me. So I'm like, raise your right hand, and I'm raising my left hand. And so when I turned around to do it with them behind me, I was like, wait, this is right or this is left. And I had to hold up my finger yeah. to make the L to be like, oh yeah, this is the direction that I'm going. So like, sometimes, some days, it's an, it's an achievement for all of us to get the yep. right direction. Well, that being said, the curtain has closed on this episode, but we hope that you will join us next week. And every week after that. Episodes come out every Thursday. You can find us on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. You can find us on you can find us on our um, apps, on the social medias. You can find us on the social medias at point PYT. I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. And I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. See you next week on Point Your Toes, the adventures of the NYC dance teacher. Yes.